0: Welcome to Unity of Tucson. To everything there is a season and a time, to every purpose under heaven. It's a great song as we explore this construct of balance being our theme this month. To everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under heaven. This month being balance, you know, there's, a, there's an association that I have made in my own mind. Maybe it'll make sense to you. Sometimes I think the things I say make sense in my mind and you probably are all out there going, huh? <laughs> I know that happens. I just want to be very clear. I know that happens. <laughs> then I do try to clarify Balance has an association with heaven's first law. Do you know what heaven's first law is, according to Alexander Pope? Heaven's first law, according to the poet and essayist Alexander Pope, is order. Order. Order, balance, that is the nature of the universe. The universe being the expression, the outcome, the flow of an infinite divine power. There is a time and a purpose to everything, to everything do you believe that it can be challenging when those every parts of those everythings are not feeling so good but there is a time and a purpose to everything we are experiencing in the here and now one of my favorite writers uh, is a man named Deepak Chopra and he wrote a book called The Seven Spiritual Laws of Success, and some of what I'm offering today actually comes from that, from his, from his approach to this philosophy. He wrote this in the book. Nature's intelligence functions with effortless ease and abandoned carefreeness. Nature's intelligence functions with effortless ease and abandoned carefreeness. So why do we work so hard to just be? If that's nature's intelligence at work, at play, frankly, abandon ease, uh, uh, effortless ease, abandoning ease, that's not what I meant to say. <laughs> Effortlessly, effortless ease and abandoned carefreeness. <laughs> why not? Why not? Why do we work so hard to just be? It was perfect today talking about the quality of being because we do get that wrapped up in so much of the doing that to do we must do or i'm sorry that to be we must do why don't you just be are you willing to just be with effortless ease and abandoned carefreeness doesn't mean that the things in your life are just like willy-nilly whatever that's not what i'm saying i'm saying if we have an approach conscious approach to this to this thing called life that includes effortless ease imagine you approached everything and saying this is an experience of effortless ease despite what it looks like on the outside despite the circumstances i'm being presented with despite what many people might define as the experience. I choose to understand it as effortless ease. (sighs) We work really hard to just be. You know, and I think to myself too, why do we need practices to remember who we are? Why have we, why, how is it that we've gotten so far away from remembering who we are that we now have to really work and practice at remembering who we are? Who am I? I am the divine, infinite power and presence that is expressing as an individualization that I call me. I work really hard to remember that. How about you? <laughs> the good news is I work less hard at it now because as I have adopted this practice in my life, it's become more effortless ease. You see how that works? So my really what I want to start with today is this, is this. Stop working so hard. Stop working so hard. And allow yourself the freedom and the flexibility and the mental space and the opportunity at the heart level to accept nothing less than the spiritual truth being the truth of who you are. If I left you with nothing else today, that's the whole message. That's the whole message. We work really hard at it though. How hard do you meditate? (laughs) Hold on. Follow me, camera. I'm like, okay, I gotta get down here and I gotta get myself into a, okay, okay, that's not gonna work. Okay, 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 time to meditate. I've seen people work that hard to meditate. You know what? Sometimes the best meditation... Oh my gosh, I'm getting old. That's a joke. I'm really not. You know what sometimes the best meditation is? Take a breath. You have just meditated. That's as easy as it can be. It's all it needs to be. But we are conditioned by society. We are conditioned by society to work hard, to achieve, to achieve enlightenment. I must work hard in the spiritual practice. No, you don't. What if I told you you cannot be any more enlightened than you are right now because the wholeness of your being is pure light? You can't be anything more than pure light. So you can never be more enlightened than you are right now. Are you willing to accept that? I mean, do we carry this concept of got to work hard into our spiritual practice? I mean, here's the thing truly is that what makes spiritual practice easy and has made it more effortless in my life is really understanding that tenet. I know who I am, and everything else flows with carefree abandon. That's an acceptance. That is an embodiment. That is saying, the wholeness of me is this power. It is this presence. It is this thing we call God. The wholeness of you is this power. It is this presence. It is this thing we call God. That's what the great mystics of the ages have all been pointing us toward. I think they've been pointing that way, and we've all been going, but I'm looking at you as you're pointing that way, and I really want to know about you. But they're saying, but look over there. All right, because it's come to my mind, um, I have to tell you what just popped into my head. So I don't know if you watch uh, a show called RuPaul's Drag Race... <laughs> ...as much as I do. <laughs> it's basically Survivor for drag queens. And there was, a, there, there was a challenge on one of the episodes a few seasons ago... <laughs> ...where they had, all the drag queens had to come and they had to be, pretend like they were, you know, running for president and that they were in a political debate. And one of the drag queens kept getting up there and at the beginning of every answer, she would just go, look over there. (laughs) To distract as many politicians try to do from the answer they're about to give. So that's what just popped into my head. (laughs) Now you have insight into the truth of my being. We can be intimidated by the extents, the extent of the books and the material that we are invited to study. All right, I'm, I'm mixing it up today, carefree ease. I'm gonna sit down. Because <laughs> I went and I got a couple of my favorites off the shelf today. How to Pray Without Talking to God, great book. <clears throat> Studying this in the prayer class right now. Um, lessons in Truth, fundamental to the teaching. Right. Uh, Divine Audacity, another great one. If you want to learn about the 12 powers, uh, this is a great book to study. Uh, the Four Agreements, one of, this was actually uh, an, uh, an entrance point for me into this philosophy in a big way because before I became uh, interested in new thought, this was one of the first books I read that said, hey, your mind is creative. That's, and, and thank you to my father for giving me this book back in 2000. I don't know if you know that you started this journey. <laughs> Scientific Christian Mental Practice by Emma Curtis Hopkins. These are all books, by the way, I studied going through my path to ministry. Care of the Soul by Thomas More, and Return to the One, and the Five Principles, and the Creative Process in the Individual, and the Adam-smashing Power of Mind, and the Fillmore Study Bible of the New Testament, and the uh, Discover the Power Within You, Working with the Law, the Twelve. 12- I mean, come on. We work really hard at this, don't we? This was when I started really studying New Thought Principle. You know I was in the Science of Mind first before I came to Unity. This is the Science of Mind book. <laughs> wow. And when you study to become a minister, which, which my first ordination was in Science of Mind, uh, you, you practically memorized this book. And the joke is... If I turn to page 25 and I go from page 25 to page 60, that's the entire philosophy. Pages 25 to 60 is kind of all you need to really know to embody this practice, even if you're in unity. This is the entire New Thought philosophy right there. The rest of it, (laughs) a lot of yammering on about those first pages. That's all you need to know. Here's all you need to know. You are magnificent. Not because of anything you do, just because of who you are. And all the mystics of the ages have been inviting us into that frame of mind. The choices we make today inform Every subsequent moment, and we often get tied up in the past stuff, right? I talk about that a lot. But the choices we make today inform every subsequent moment. They're informing all of our tomorrows. Do you believe this? And the rest of you? I think think even if you didn't say, yes, I know that, Inherently, I think we all know this. I think it's like, yes, the choice I make today is going to have some play in my life as I move forward. Otherwise, I wouldn't make any choices. The choices I make today inform my tomorrows. And I think we know this, and I think what happens is we start to become obsessed with the process of choice-making rather than infinite ease and abandon. And what gets left to the sidelines when we get so involved in the process is we forget to experience life. We forget to experience life. By spending so much time trying to figure it out, got to figure it out, got to figure out what he means by that word, involution. I've got to spend 10 years figuring out what involution and evolution mean in the context of the new thought philosophy and how am I going to put it into practice in my life? Stop it. Because here's what's happening. The more we are trying to figure it out, the more we may be missing the entrance into the flow of our life. We tend to coerce all the things to happen. And I'm going to invite us all today to let go of the notion that you have to do anything to change your life for the better, to experience a greater quality of life. You don't have to do anything. Because if you think you have to do something, you're going into coercion. You didn't know how well you intuited my talk today. You are going then into, like, oh, I've got to make it happen. Stop it. How do you change your life? To enhance the quality of it, be open to the infinite truth of who you are. That's really it. This stuff is simple. It's simple. Now, some people, did somebody just say, it ain't easy? It's as easy as you decide for it to be. It's as easy as you decide for it to be. We're the ones who complicate it all, and we're good at complicating. And we oftentimes go to our friends, we're like, so tell me about me, because I want to complicate my life much more so that I understand your perspective about who I am, so that then I can be even more confused. What is the point of coming here? <laughs> I'll tell you what the point of coming is. The point of coming here is to be invited into the consciousness of allowing love to point the way to a greater quality of life. Allow love to point the way to a greater quality of life. The only thing I kind of am ever talking about is how do we enhance the quality of our lives? I I came up with that formula several years ago that our thoughts, to the power of our beliefs, to the power of our feelings is the thing that you know, equals the quality of our life. And if we are addressing our thoughts, beliefs, and feelings from a positive point of view, then the outcome in quality of life is going to be a positive, constructive, joyful, loving experience. We're working so hard to find the entrance into it, though. Part of it, too, is we want to be part of an insider club. Oh, look, here's my tribe, my spiritual people. We're part of this club. We know, right? We know. Yes. I want to be part of that club where those spiritual people have it all worked out. Trust me, not every spiritual person has it all worked out. The joke about ministry is that the things I say on a Sunday are the things that I'm still working out and I need to hear. I give you the message that I need to be out there listening to. Right, I think any minister will tell you that's how we approach ministry. What do I need to know today? That's what I'm going to tell you. Finding the entrance may be as simple as letting go of the struggle and giving in to the least effort around it all. The universe inherently is a universe of cosmos. I mean, that's, we often use that as a synonym for the universe. But the word cosmos actually means a well-ordered universe. That is the definition of the word cosmos, a well-ordered universe. It's not just a show that was created by Carl Sagan based on a book created by Carl Sagan and then taken up by Neil deGrasse Tyson. No, cosmos is a well-ordered universe, and the opposite of cosmos is chaos. Those are antonyms of one another, cosmos and chaos. Here's the thing about chaos. Chaos is not neutral. Chaos is the result of chaotic thinking. And life is chaos when we hold to that paradigm. So how do we approach our lives to have the experience of cosmos, a balanced, well-ordered universe, which is nature's first law order? In Chopra's book, The Seven Spiritual Laws of Success, he offers a couple of things to consider. First of all, The practice of acceptance, the practice of acceptance. Accept people and situations as they occur. How are we all doing with that? (laughs) Accept people and situations as they occur. Now, here's the thing. I am not saying that you just accept it at face value as though there's nothing you can do about it. Accept the situations and people as they occur with the notion that in this moment, you can establish a new future. How to do that? You change your relationship mentally to the experience. It's all conscious work. When I was candidating to be the minister here back in 2019, yeah, I'm gonna tell this story. <laughs> there are people in the room that were part of this story. You don't even know that I'm about to talk about you, but I'm not gonna talk about you by name. So, when I was candidating, um, what you may or may not be aware of is that in December, I got a telephone call at the end of December that said, you are, thank you for all the interviews, thank you for all this stuff. You are not among the finalists. And um, I said, okay. I accepted that situation as it occurred. I'm like, great. I was building a spiritual center myself, and I was continuing to grow and thrive. And I was like, great. I didn't put so much weight on the experience that I was striving for that it derailed the rest of my life. And then something shifted. And I got a call about six weeks later that said, you know what? Something has shifted. We would like to extend this offer to you. I'm like, OK basically the way it worked out, and I'm grateful. I'm deeply grateful. And had I not been invited to be the senior minister, your spiritual director, who knows where I would be, but I know that I would be celebrating and having an easeful, joyful life, doing exactly what I'm doing now. But that is a conscious acceptance. I had to step into a conscious acceptance of the situation as it occurred, and know that in my relationship to the experience I was having, if I put weight into trying to coerce it into something else, that wouldn't have worked. So I said, bring it on, God. Bring it on, because I know the truth of my being, and I will not be deterred in the way I express this thing called ministry. And we can all put this into practice in our lives in whatever way we choose to express and move forward. Chaos is struggle against the universe. Cosmos is acceptance of the moment and allowing that moment to inform your future by your decision. So acceptance is number one. Second thing to consider, responsibility. Ooh, that's a big one for people because you know what happens usually when I say the word responsibility? People hear the word responsibility, but what they're actually hearing is the word blame. Blame. If I am responsible for my life, then I am to blame for my life. That is not what I'm talking about. Again, it goes to this present moment practice. I am not going to blame myself for what I've created in my experience. I'm going to know that I am 100% in charge of how I move forward from this point and have the responsibility to create a greater quality of life for myself. Everything is an opportunity for something new. Everything. This moment is an opportunity for something new. Reality itself is our interpretation of the circumstances. I want to say that again. Reality itself is our relationship in mind to the circumstances we are experiencing. We have been been taught that we have to give circumstances a great deal of weight, The only weight we need to give to the circumstances is how we mentally relate to the circumstances. And if we decide that an experience is a heavy experience, guess what? It's a heavy experience. We are living in an infinite consciousness. We are living in an infinite quantum field. We are living in an infinite, magnificent, creative principle. And we are creating in every moment. Are you willing to choose to create, to take responsibility, to create your life for the better today, rooted in the understanding that you are the power and the presence? You are that quantum field. That's the truth of your being. The third choice that we can make in this is defenselessness. To stop putting up defenses. Relinquish the need. Oh, this is a good one. Let's relinquish the need to persuade others to our point of view. It is not my job to get you to think like me. A lot of ministers would think otherwise in other traditions. It is not my job to get you to think like me. I am not here. To tell you what to think. That's your job, to determine what it is you are thinking, to determine what it is you are believing. That's your responsibility. I'm not gonna tell you what to think. It's why I say at the beginning of every service something may butt up against your belief system here today, but one of the things that I really work diligently to ensure is that I never say, We believe. I don't know what you believe. I will speak to what I believe, and I will often refer to what we teach or the doctrine that we present. It's up to you to determine what you believe and what you think. Your thoughts are your decision. Your thoughts are your decision. And I'm not here to try and tell you otherwise. I'm not here to try and make you think like me. So. That goes in line with the four agreements. Don't take anything personally. Don't take anything personally. Here's the thing, too, is that if I'm trying to get you to believe something, there's probably going to end up being a conflict there, a lot of resistance there. And as long as I maintain that frame of mind of trying to get you to think what I think, well, what I resist persists. And so it's probably going to maintain itself in the expression of conflict. Let go. Let go. Release resistance in this, in this moment. There's a tool that's going to become, really, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm letting you know sort of what the homework is. There's a tool that I want us to carry with us in our hearts, not just this week for the specific homework, but in every interaction for the rest of our lives. I think this should be part of the question we are asking of ourselves. What do I expect to gain from this? In this interaction, what do I expect to gain from this? To find the entrance into a greater quality of life. Accept. Take responsibility. Let defensiveness evaporate. Release the effort. Take it easy. Take it easy. And open up to allowing. That's the message. Peace and blessings. You're magnificent. (laughs) So yes, I've already given you the homework. Uh, This week, I would like you to put some active, um, joyful work into every interaction that you have, and ask yourself the question, what do I expect to gain from this experience? And just see what comes up. Just see what comes up for you. That's the homework. Hi, this is Reverend Jonathan Zenz, and I wanna thank you for listening to the podcast of my Sunday message. Your financial support will ensure that we can continue to offer this as an option for inspiration. You can make your tax-deductible contribution in any amount on our website, unitytucson.com. Once again, thank you for listening. You are magnificent. Namaste.